should wait to come out, that you should uh, try to gain rank or status before you do that. That's a bunch of bull It's a new day in the music industry, and I can reach my fans. We're getting there. I've caused harm to the political agenda, and which I'm actually happy for. I would say probably the best message to them is that they're on the wrong side of history. Whether you're lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, or whatever, love is love. Shout it out to the world. The Michelle Miao Show. Your A through Z covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. And now here's your host, Michelle Miao. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Tuesday, July 28th. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. John Zipper of Commonwealth Club is sick today, so we send him good thoughts, positive vibes, and uh, hopefully he'll get better soon. I'm sure he'll be okay. It's probably a little... (laughs) Jax, our producer, is in studio today. Hello, Jax. Hello. There have been some... um, some news lately, especially of a, a straight pride, as Jax and I were discussing, supposedly a man had tried to produce a straight pride and invited over 2,000 people, uh, but only one showed up, and that would be he himself. So where's this story reporting from, Jax? In Seattle. So he made a, he's a blogger of some sort. I guess that's his profession. Um, I was just reading his anti-gay blog posts so that was fun but let's see he made a facebook page <laughs> two thousand people invited 160 rsvp'd 50 maybes <laughs> <laughs> only he showed up there's photos of him walking around with a sign that says straight pride and a bunch of balloons and the balloons are in black and white opposed to our rainbow colored everything <laughs> <laughs> so straight people are boring I think that's his <laughs> message, actually. He's I mean, very I, proud. I don't mean to laugh at the guy, but... Uh, uh, I think he deserves to be laughed at. Yeah. He's pretty hateful. Yeah, right. It's I mean, a, there's a reason we don't have white pride parades and... Oh, I think that there are white pride... Oh, there are, but events. there's a reason they're looked down upon. Yes, you're right. Well, I... Uh, I'm here today. I'm excited to be here and doing a show. Uh, I think you know the topics that we'll discuss today. It's a, it's a v- very much uh, needed discussion that we should have, and everybody in America should be tuning in. And if you're not, you know, you should be sharing it. Um, but that's that's because this situation is very. It's a it's a it's a topic that I wish that our community talked more about because I definitely consider what's happening a, an epidemic. So I will do an intro just really quick. But first, today's program is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. So let's get the party party. There's no party. The party is the second half of the show. Let's just get the show started. Uh, Sadly, reports keep surfacing of the murders and killings of trans women. We now have heard of a total of 11 and probably counting of trans women who have died this year. Casey Haggard was stabbed to death in Fresno, California just a few days ago. And while the transgender community mourns her death, the way the Fresno Police Department is handling the situation is quite disturbing to me. However, it's also what is common and uh, the unsolved murders of trans people leads me to 
believe authorities could be doing so much more to protect our community. So here to discuss the rise in transgender murders and put and the uh, police response to it uh, is Karen Adele Scott, who is with TransCare. Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you, Michelle. It's good to be here. And, you know, I, I kind of set the uh, stage in terms of what happened to Casey, which sadly, I should follow that up with this is now the second reported murder, murder of a trans woman this week, right? Right, yeah. Indian, India Clark was killed on July 21st, uh, fatally beaten in Tampa, Florida. And so now, you know, in Casey's situation, it's it's horrifying, but at the same time, hits close to home. Uh, this is out of Fresno, California. I'm from Stockton, California, so I know the Central Valley culture pretty well. Um, in Casey's situation, you know, reports have surfaced that she was just walking down the street, and then a car pulled up, uh, and uh, and then and then she was stabbed to death. Uh, what do we know? What what happened to her? Well, okay, I'm a former police officer, and after I was notified by the local Fox affiliate that this had happened, um, in fact, the uh, police had only, had only reported that it was a man stabbed at 1.43 in the morning, and when the Fox affiliate told me that they'd seen the feed and that she was beautifully dressed as a female, um, I actually went down to the location where she died, and I began an investigation on my own. And uh, it's interesting that when, once we got the trans community out there and we started canvassing people, we found a witness. And the witness had been 80 yards behind Casey, walking up Blackstone Street in Fresno, California, and had watched almost the whole thing. In fact, this witness said that the vehicle had passed Casey three different times, slowing down and surveying her appearance. It had also passed a non-trans woman, and it had passed him as he was walking up the street. But after the third pass, they decided that Casey was the target, and they baited her to the car as she was just walking northbound. Um, and as she approached the vehicle, they said something to cause her to lean slightly towards the window, and the passenger right-side person fatally stabbed her with an absolutely perfect shot to the carotid, um, the carotid area of the left side of her neck, and, um, and then they sped off. And so she was targeted over other people, and she was murdered. And, um, and they're, they're still at large right now. Thankfully, the FBI has come into the investigation, Michelle. Oh, that, that's, that's good news. I mean, it's not the best news, but at least we're getting more help. And uh, I'm, I'm loving the media exposure, at least because, again, it's causing us to, to have a bigger discussion about this. Now, what I said about the Fresno Police Department in their initial response was disturbing to me. I mean, you just mentioned that, first of all, their reports had misgendered Casey, but also that they had publicly said that they didn't think that this was a Hate crime. Uh, this right. is a hate crime to you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and if you, it's so easy. You know, theadvocate.com did an instant investigation, and they found that Casey had a female webpage on Facebook that she had just started, and that she had also communicated on Facebook to other transgender women to meet her at a club, and so the TG girls could hang out. And so she had this, uh, a female page, and then I was told by um, um, a person who I can't disclose that they had seen her at a uh, transgender group meeting at the LGBT Center in Fresno, and she'd introduced herself by a female name and given her phone number. And so this was an obviously easily found transgender woman, and yet the Fresno PD instantaneously assumed, number one, that 
she was only male, and number two, that she was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. That is the, that's the part of the problem. The big problem is that trans women are more than likely treated, uh, in this case, you know, dismissive, in a dismissive manner. So say for, you know, if we're, we're, we're talking about the police department, I think that they are a huge part of the problem, and especially when these cases go unsolved, because out of the 11 that we know who have passed away, who have died because they were killed or murdered, I know that the the cases are still ongoing, right? Oh, yes. And even last year, there were in 2014, there were 13 transgender women murdered in the United States. And almost all of those murders are unsolved still. So we have a, a lack of solution of these crimes um, for years now. And it's it's a pervasive problem. Michelle Miao on the phone with us is Karen Adele Scott, who is with TransCare. We're talking about trans lives, and uh, sadly, that it's now been reported. We have 11 reports so far this year of trans women who have been killed. Like I said earlier, this is an epidemic. Something needs to be done. I certainly don't think that the way the police is handling a situation like Casey Haggard's death uh, that happened in Fresno is is a solution to the problem. It actually is exacerbating the problem because... If if the police it, themselves, people of authority, are re- looking at you know trans lives and the people who have died as a case of well this was you know prostitute who was killed, it it, it gives a public impression that these lives are that that it's not a priority, right, Casey? Or I'm sorry, Karen. That, that's right, and it, not only does it give the perspective that it's not a priority, but misgendering. The, the murder victim also doesn't pull the trans community, who is a very motivated community, into helping as eyes and ears in the investigation. If you think about it, if, you, if, if Casey Haggard was a male posing as a female and, uh, and was a prostitute, well, that, that labels her as somehow deserving of the, of the uh, attack on her. You know, it goes back to the same paradigm and the tone that's in the United States and much of the world that transgender people are either men posing as women or women posing as men. And if they're, that, if they're posing, then they're deceitful and they're liars and they deserve anything they can get. And if you add that to the locker room hyper-masculine male mentality that most police departments embody, and believe me, Michelle, I know this firsthand because I was an in-the-closet transgender woman who was dressed as and presenting as a male involved in one of these departments. They would look at X-rated films on their phones, they would comment luridly about women's bodies, and they would mock and disdain transgender and LGBT people. And so I understand the, the mentality totally. So their bias is instantaneous when they are faced with um, researching a crime. I, how do we how do we change police culture? I mean, I mean, that's been the biggest discussion here in this country, and not just focused on trans lives, but obviously black lives. Um, and uh, you know, this has been an ongoing discussion here in this country. You know, where where does change actually start? I mean, we've got to start mobilizing and and being much more angry. We can't afford more lives in our community to be lost and have the police yeah, do nothing. It is an epidemic. It's just terrible. Um, you know, in Washington, D.C., the Metropolitan Police Department implemented what was called General Order PCA 501-02. And what that was was it was a new handling of interactions with transgender individuals. 
and that policy was pervasive. They, they pushed through and forced education on their entire department, and interestingly enough, they, they've tremendously cut down on transgender murders in that metropolitan area. And so that's what we need to have. We need to have a, an education that you don't instantaneously assume that every transgender person is a prostitute if you interact with them as a police officer, and in the murders that you don't instantaneously assume that the presenting gender as female isn't real. You know, Casey Haggard was in a beautiful dress. She was in a beautiful white cardigan, um, very nice shoes, a, a, a beautiful necklace. Her hair was immaculate. And from what I've heard, her makeup was very pretty. You know what she was doing? She was a new, transitioning, transgender woman, and she was out when she thought it would be safe, test-driving her female self, where she didn't think she'd be bothered. And she was just walking up Blackstone. According to the witness behind her, she never looked at any vehicles. She wasn't on display for prostitution. She was just walking. And she was about maybe 30 seconds away from a 24-hour Denny's, and I'm thinking that's where she was headed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you see this assumption. Um, it's so instant to say, oh, yeah, this is a prostitute, when there's absolutely no record of prostitution in her past. And yet, even though she was beautifully dressed as a female, there was an, instantaneously, uh, an instantaneous assumption that she was male. So you have these discrepant, discordant, instantaneous assumptions by police, and that is a big part of the problem. And that seems to be the case in a lot of these cases. It's not just specific to Casey's case. Oh, no. You can go to even Diamond Williams, who was brutally murdered and dismembered um, on July 14, 2013. And um, instantaneously, she was thought to be a prostitute, and she was called a male. And this goes on and on. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's time that, uh, you know, lawmakers and uh, executive leaders, um, people with power in this country need to step in and actually do something. Um, Karen, we're going to take a quick break right here. But when we come back, I want to continue our discussion and, and take it to a, a bigger approach. I want to talk about trans lives here in this country, especially during a time when you know, trans lives are exposed to the media. So stay with us. Right. Okay. The Michelle Miao Show continues right after this. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. 
It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do. Especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Tuesday, July 28th. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. On the phone with us is Karen Adele Scott, who is with TransCare, and we're having a discussion about trans lives and this epidemic of trans murders. Um, it's, it's increasing. In, I mean, we're only in July, and there have been 11 reports so far, and I'm saying, and counting, right, we don't even nearly, know. Yeah, nearly double the rate of last year. Double the rate. Karen, this is, it's, it's, it's interesting because double the rate of last year however this year when you turn on tv it seems like every news report includes you know a transgender story and of course i can't ignore you know the big uh, <laughs> the the big show uh, i am caitlin that just um that you know that that just started how is this how is this you know how is this possible that there's so much hate out there but yet the media has been inclusive of trans lives? Are they just not talking about these things enough? Well, I'm, I'm considering that, you know, if you think about this, we've had a general pervasive culture in the United States that has been thinking that everything is going to remain very conservative and very Christian. And what happens is when Caitlyn Jenner came out, it was a, 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 it lit a fire under a lot of people who were now made to fear tremendously that their culture was degrading, degenerating, and that it was going to go. And this fear has actually caused a heightened violence towards transgender people. And um, it's the same thing that happened with the LGBs 30 years ago. When we started to get equality for the LGBs, violence towards the LGB community rose. And so as the, as the people are seeing the culture change to be inclusive of honest caring for transgender people, um, what's happening is there's a disdain, there's a harassment, there's a shunning, there's an ostracizing that's increasing. And the violence in her, uh, is increasing towards transgender people proportionately with that fear. Mm-hmm. And I would also think that, you know, in big uh, urban cities like New York, San Francisco, L.A., um, you know, the 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 support or the resources are there in some, in a place like Fresno, California, you know, what are the resources? Is there a lot? Right. There's not many at all. Um, there's an organization. We have an LGBT center in downtown Fresno and there's a group called trans emotion and, you know, they try as hard as they can, but Fresno is now over half a million people and that's basically it. So what you have is a very small amount of people that are, giving of themselves for almost no money, trying to save the lives of transgender people. And that's why I do, I do trans care also. It's basically to save the lives of transgender people. Um, we are just, we are isolated and we are, are disdained and, and ostracized and shunned. And, and uh, 
you know, if you think about it, 17% of our youth, our homeless youth, are trans. And 40% of our trans women of color are denied access to any shelter. You can go on and on. Um, there's just, it's just terrible on almost every level towards transgender people in the United States, and Fresno is no exception. You said some, you know, trans women of color, and that seems to also be a topic that we sorely need to discuss. Uh, we don't give enough exposure to the lives of trans women of color, but it appears that you know, a good majority of those who have passed away this year due to a killing or murder, is, is there a target you know, as far as like, uh, trans women of color? Are they the target? No, I, I was listening to Laverne Cox talk about this, and she was absolutely right. You know, you have the, the poor treatment towards women. You have the poor treatment towards um, people of color. And then you also have the poor treatment of transgender people. And transgender women of color literally are at the target point, the center point of the nexus of all three of those biases. And so they're disproportionately um, one in seven it, uh, it, according to statistics, is going to be violently murdered. They're eight times more likely to live in poverty. Um, it's just they're, they're much more likely to end up in underground economies to survive, like drugs and prostitution, because they, they can't find work. They're starving. And so you see that this, this is a nexus of, of, of horrible things that happen to transgender women of color. With someone like Laverne Cox, and thank you so much for bringing her up, I mean, you know, Laverne Cox, Janet Mock, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, of course, you know, some big names out there of transgender women who are using their celebrity status and platform to bring these issues to light, especially in the media. So do you think that eventually, you know, the uh, support that we get from the media and also changing hearts and minds of Americans, will that eventually trickle down to something like the I'm, I'm very police hopeful. department? I'm very hopeful. But right now, I'm, I'm, for instance, in Fresno, when Casey Haggard was, was killed, um, in this beautiful, beautiful put-together female outfit, just very nice, there was still um, two out of the three local uh, major news network stations that reported on her murder called her a man, and they misgendered her in the broadcast. And so it's not just a police problem. It's also the media that we need to educate. Mm, you're right. You're right. Karen Adele Scott is with TransCare. Michelle Miao here. Thanks for tuning in. Karen, you know, I, I also, yes, you're with TransCare and an organization that has resources out there for trans women in the Central Valley, uh, Fresno area. But you yourself, you have a story in which you've overcome some grief. Um, do you, would you mind sharing your own story and your experiences with us? Well, you know, it's a, it's a long story. Um, I was, I was uh, transgender in my first cognizant memory. Uh, when I was two years old, I told my mommy that I was a girl. And she said, well, you're not a girl. And I told her I was a girl. And I, I asked her what my name would be if I was born a girl. And she told me it was Karen Adele. So that was my name. And I went through seven years of being um, used for pornography by, uh, by men who were um, actually related to one of the babysitters that took care of me, and I overcame that, and I went into a lifetime of, of being lost uh, as a, an alternative personality with amnesia and finally came back to myself in counseling at 55 years old. And so this early-onset transgender little girl ended up being a late-onset transgender woman. And uh, all through my life, I hypermasculinized, like Caitlyn Jenner, like so many of us do, even though I was an amnesiac and didn't know. And so it's very interesting to be a survivor of abuse 
And um, I have a real heart for these young men and women that are transgender because I know what it feels like to go through hell, and I do not want them to go through hell. And so I try my best to stop it. And you're doing a lot of work in the community, and uh, it you know breaks my heart, yes, to hear the your story and just kind of you know, it's been such a a journey for you. Um, but as I was saying to friends last night, it, it is also extremely important for you to do what you're doing today, right? How important is your right. work to well, you? Yeah, well, you know, one of us is now murdered. One transgender woman is murdered every 29 hours. And 270 of us were reportedly murdered last year. But that doesn't take into account the nearly double or triple the number that weren't reported as murders of transgender people. And that doesn't take into account the nearly 700 to 1,000 people that were almost murdered, but our medical system saved their lives. And so the violence against us is much larger than even the numbers that we catalog. Um, And it's pervasive, and it's all-inclusive. And really, it causes a tremendous amount of fear. In fact, I've had, I've had three different trans girls I'm counseling um, contact me and say that they were going back into the closet after Casey Haggard was murdered because they're so afraid. And in America, in the United States, where we're supposed to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the pursuit of happiness is, is supposed to be a guaranteed in safety pursuit of happiness, why are so many of us being violently murdered? Um, this must change. You uh, also, you know, brought up uh, the LGB and the, the equality movement, right, and marriage equality movement and, and all. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts in terms of the LGB support. Um, is there well, more no, that the community area, can be doing? Tremendous. Yeah, in my area, it's tremendous support. Uh, Chris Jarvis of Gay uh, Central Valley is tremendously supportive. And, uh, you know, I've had uh, lots of support from the lesbian community. Um, you know, it's, in my area, it's um, really, really good support. I have no complaints whatsoever. Now, I can't speak for other areas, but, you know, we have good support. And last question for you. Do you think that there will be, a, you know, a trans movement um, if it's not already happening? Well, absolutely there will be. We are born. We're born human beings. There's over 140 scientific studies out there, and all of them point to the fact that transgender women are born with female brains, transgender men are born with male brains, and gender-fluid people are born with brains right in the middle somewhere along there. We are who we are. We know who we are. It it would be the same thing as ostracizing uh, a small child who had cleft palate or spina bifida or treating them with disdain and and treating and mocking them. You know, we are just an alternate birth difference. And hopefully more people can discover that and realize that all we ask for is kindness, dignity, and respect, and simple equality. Mm. Karen, thank you so much for joining us here on this program, for you know speeding us up on what has happened to Casey Haggard. Our thoughts and prayers are out to her and her family and her friends and to the transgender community. And thank you for doing what you do. Well, and if I might say, on July 30th at 6 p.m. in Fresno at the LGBT Center, we're going to have another memorial, and already there's hundreds of people that have said they're coming out. If anyone would like to come out to uh, Fresno, July 30th at 6 p.m. at the LGBT Center, we would love to see you. We're going to do a march, and we're going to have speeches, and, and we're even going to have Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. And so come on out. That's wonderful, Karen. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Michelle. The Michelle Meow Show continues right after this, and uh, I, 
I, uh, I need to take a break. This is, it's just been so sad and we keep reporting these things. So don't go away. We'll be right back. listening to the progressive voices network streaming the best in progressive talk 24 7 keep the progressive conversation going on on facebook like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices on the progressive voices facebook page we update the stories that our hosts like tom hartman stephanie miller bill press and leslie marshall will be talking about during their shows and we share great news commentaries opinion pieces and videos from all over the progressive world always progressive always on be part of the progressive conversation like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now, because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody, and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity and, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for Spotlight you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Tuesday. I'm sorry I had to, I kind of had to gather myself, you know, from that interview. So I thank Karen so much um, for, for contributing. It, it's just so sad that uh, this is happening in our community, but we really need to do something. We really do. All right. Our next guest, um, you know, if we could have some sunshine here, some sunlight. <laughs> Our next guest is a recording artist. You know what? Actually, I, I need another second to gather myself. It's, it, it's just been, it's so tough. This is the 11th time that we've had to report a, a murder in our community that's affecting the trans community. And so I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not you know, myself, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to get there because we got the second half of the show. So let's see, let's give me a, let's give me a second. All right, here we go. Now, 
it's summertime, and so a lot of us, you know, we're out there, we're hanging out, we're partying. It's always great to have a good summertime song. And so I've got the perfect guest for you. She's on the phone with us right now, Raquel, an American Billboard recording artist who's known for her live, real singer performances. Uh, she's an award-winning singer and actress and performing in leading roles on Broadway. Uh, she's performed and opened for divas like Deborah Cox, Lady Gaga, uh, Belinda Carlisle and so much more and I'm very proud and honored to say she's a friend of ours here on the program. Raquel, welcome to the show. Hi Michelle, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely and I'm so sorry I had to take a minute to gather myself. We just kind of had this very sad first half hour of the show but it was dire. We needed to have that discussion. As you know, it's now been reported that yeah, there's been 11 trans women that we know that who have been killed and murdered here in this country and so it's something that we have to do in our community but what I do know is that music brings us together. So I'm very, very, right. very, very thankful for people like you who perform in our community. So speaking Michelle, of which, let, let's, Michelle, let's talk. I, I I have to say this. I, I have yeah. to thank you for supporting the trans community. Um, I don't know if you know this. I'm extremely uh, supportive of the trans community, transgender, all over uh, all over Northern California. So many of them are my closest friends. So many of them are artists. Uh, Sadesha Shimmers. Um, so many have supported me in my art and designing, uh, uh, costuming, uh, writing, uh, scripting. Uh, these are some really amazing, deep down, down to earth people that I've met and have been a part of my life since I was a little girl. And it amazes me that just in 2000, in the first month of 2015, we had lost more than nine um, amazing individuals uh, just because of their of who God created them to be. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really do appreciate your your <laughs> feelings, <laughs> the way you do in supporting well, them. So thank yeah. you. We have to. we got to keep talking about this. But, you know, yeah. like I said, music brings us together. And yeah. you just said something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know Raquel is music, but I don't really know Raquel. So today I'm hoping that we can spend some time in getting to know Raquel. You said that, you know, the trans community and trans people have been in your life since a little kid. So I'm, I'm sensing that someone close to you maybe... Just uh, transgender, or yes, yes. I, well, I always tell everybody I was raised by drag queens. Um, <laughs> transgender, as you know, is not drag queen, right? But uh, but they're part of the gay community, and uh, I'd like to see it as such. I'd like to see all of us, as far as gay, lesbian, queer, I don't care who you are, come together as one and support each other, so we can get um, some kind of education out there. But I grew up. By dra- I, w- I was raised by drag queens. I was always amazed by their performance. Uh, I was always taught that these were individuals who couldn't sing, who didn't have the gift of voice, but they certainly had the gift of performance. And to watch them do what they did uh, as a performer live on stage, I took it to heart, and I think I kind of implemented it into myself as an actress, as a singer, as a performer. And I went all the way to Broadway um, and won some awards as a Best Actress in so many different shows. But I like to kind of blame the drag queen um, as, as a way to kind of sum, summarize it, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, but a transgender, whoever they, these are very, very talented individuals. And when I was growing up in Northern California, before I'd left for Broadway, uh, I had worked with a lot of talented actors and singers. And when AIDS hit during uh, the late 80s and early 90s, and I, I am dating myself at this point, Michelle, but uh, I, I was 
I was hit probably in a psychological way that um, affected me as a performer and the way I write. Uh, and I think I lost, at this point, um, a total of 27 very close friends at a young age, of, you know, between 19 to 22 years old, Michelle, and mm-hmm. it did something to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked I remember how, uh, when I would come back home to Sacramento after working in San Francisco, how, and I didn't understand it, and I think everybody didn't understand it because there wasn't a name for it at that time, that people kind of standoffish. They were kind of, they wouldn't want to talk or even touch me or hug me or anything. Um, I think at some point in the back of my head, I thought, well, whatever it is, if I got it, I got it, and I'm going to be with my good friends, along with Daryl and, and, and Jimmy and Michael and all the guys that I've, I've lost in my life. And I, and I sang it probably, I can't even count any, how many times now, Michelle, but I, I think I sang it about 27 funerals mm-hmm. as a kid um, during those late 80s and early 90s. But I, I was able to find a way to move on. And music is what did that for me. And I, I made uh, so many promises and so many pacts with so many of these guys who are gone now that I would continue on in a positive way. It was hard, you know, at the beginning, but um, the way I write and who I collaborate with has everything to do with staying positive and keep smiling. Right, <laughs> you know? right. No, and, and, and uh, that's the thing. In our community, we go through so many things um, but what brings us together when we're there with friends, we're partying, we're hanging out, you know, at least we have that. And so yeah. you mentioned, you know, collaboration is important to you. You've got a new single out this summer. It's so perfect. It's called Summertime. Tell us about your new single. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I met Michael Cherkei, who is my co-writer and probably partner in crime with the record, his new record label that just started, Hot Music. Uh, which is uh, short for House of Pride Music. And we met during the days of, well, we like to call it the days of Café de Flor, the Café de Flor days. We met there at that restaurant in the Castro area while Mama Garza, and I believe she's still doing her shows there, Mama Garza, who uh, was putting on, you know, fundraising shows for the health department. As you know, she's a a wellness welfare um, worker for them. And uh, I had so much fun, and that's where I met Gypsy, Ro- uh, Gypsy Love and uh, Kippy Marks and Xavier Toscano and so many others who are still going on with their amazing art and their um, talents and everything. So Michael, who, was, who is Tweeka Turner, who's also a DJ and is also a producer and songwriter and all these other things, we kind of came together and... Uh, uh, thought, you know, we should do something. We should really do something together. We didn't. We didn't for like, I don't know, two, three years, I think it was. I just moved back home from New York City, so I was kind of a lost puppy, and um, uh, Marco and so many other good friends introduced me to these amazing, talented people, and it it helped me come out of my depression because it was so hard saying goodbye to New York City um, and coming back home, and, well, I should be happy I'm back home. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael Cherkei, really, I, I think I have a lot to thank him for, for giving me that happiness back. Oh, and that's... we started co-writing this song, Summertime. Now, we wrote it literally three years ago, Michelle, and I, 
I remember uh, working with so many young talents and, and songwriters who were so quick to wanting to release their music right away. And I always say there's a time and a place, like they say in restaurant business. And the same goes for music. Um, you gotta, you want to take your time. It's, it's your baby, after all. Eventually, you got to cut the cord, you know. Mm-hmm. And, well, Michael and I, we were finally happy with a song. And I said, it's called Summertime. We're not releasing it in November. He goes, well, what are you going to do? I can't wait to, we got to release it. Let's go. I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. It's called Summertime. Let's release it in April next year. And he thought about it, and of course, as hard as, and as tough it was, as it was for him, we did. We released it in April, and it gave the song a chance to breathe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and get itself, you know, introduced to the community in San Francisco and eventually Northern California, and now, of course, nationally. I, it was the first time, Michelle, I ever sang uh, with a softer sound or tone to my voice, because if you know, I, I also charted on Billboard with Tell It To My Heart, which is a cover song, a Taylor Dane cover song, and that went really well with ISV Entertainment, and uh, Nivek Tech was the producer for that, um, but uh, it was time for me to get back to originality, and this song was so much fun writing with Michael. And right down to the music video. Oh, my goodness. Well, we, we, we do have a copy of the song that we'll play later. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. You're, you are a powerhouse. I mean, your voice. I mean, I think you give Adina a Menzel a run for her money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, so we're excited to play it. And more exciting news is that, you know, since the release, the, the single has already charted, right? Yes. It's, it's now, it nationally, it's at number 20. Uh, according to DJ Times, and it looks like it's climbing some more, and it's going to be added on some more national charts. So I, I've been shaking to my bones. I really thought it was a cute song, and I wasn't sure if anybody was really going to like it, but it, wow, I, I can't be any more pleased. <laughs> yeah, we're excited for you. And again, like I said, you know, we're so lucky to be able to call you a friend. Um, you know, here's the thing. People have seen you perform. People know you as, you know, as an amazing Raquela singer, actress. Um, what are some fun things that we don't know about Ra- uh, Raquela? <sighs> oh, some fun things about Raquela that you don't know. I, uh, I love drafting. I know that sounds kind of quirky, weird, twisted, but drafting. I love. Yeah. What, what is what is drafting? I'm sorry. I might be a bad lesbian or something. No, no. Yeah, you are a bad lesbian. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> Actually, there's all kinds of different types of drafting. Mine is in, in the type of engineering I love is just you know home designing, and uh, I, I have a thing for that. Um, I've done some remodeling uh, type designing for my mom and dad's house and that's kind of where it started so i do some of that i also love video editing um these are just little secret fun things that i like to do on the side video Mm -hmm. editing um but most importantly and i this is now now i'm going to sound like a lesbian at this point but i love fishing fishing you ever gone fishing I, I no, you know what? I I was forced to fish when I was a kid, so as an adult, <laughs> I can't stand it. It's <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know I'm a horrible, horrible lesbian. What about <laughs> what about you know what about food? You know what what makes you what's uh, what's like your vice? If my vice is hot, spicy foods, if it if it doesn't make me sweat, I'm not going to be happy. I love. 
uh, hot spices. I love jalapenos. I love habanero. I love um, really hot type dishes. And it doesn't have to be Mexican, after all. I mean, uh, even the Italians make hot dishes. So as can well. can you do the ghost pepper chili? Uh, no. No. Oh, my God, no. Um, now, I always, I was always cocky when it came to the hot pepper stuff, you know. And so I had a dare, and then I tried that, and I will never forget that experience. I think I can still taste it right now. Not taste it. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Can't feel my face. How, how, oh. about, how about maybe, like, the most embarrassing story ever, if you have one in your career, that you remember and you just can't get over? <laughs> I got quite a few. Um, I've done so much stage, Michelle, and there was this one time I did some regional stock stuff um, for a spell, and there was a show where uh, I was performing a kissing scene where I had to be dipped by the gentleman, and um, it was very romantic. It was right at the end of a really huge song. He dipped me, and my wig fell off, whipped <laughs> right into the audience, and I, obviously uh, it was no longer a serious scene, and thank God for our um, excellent improvisational skills. We just kind of played it off and said, may I have my wig back? And they <laughs> threw it back at me. It hit me in the face. I just threw it on and just continued on with my hair completely cockeyed, and um, it was a great show after all. But uh, there's, I could go, the list goes on, you'll have to. That's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I, I'm going to have to start inviting you back every week just to tell us these stories. Last question for you before we play your new single, your new hit single, Summertime. Yeah. Um, okay, Matthew McConaughey or Colin Farrell? Okay, hold on. Matthew, sweaty, stinky sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'll do Matthew. <laughs> You'll do Matthew. I love I'll do Matthew. it. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> Raquel, thank you so much for dropping by. Uh, we're excited to play your single here on the Michelle Meow Show, and uh, we will see you soon. Again, thank you so much for having me on. Love you. Love you. Well, Raquel's <laughs> new uh, tune is on iTunes, of course. Uh, you can head to Raquel.com for more information. This is so awesome. Five-time Billboard Dance Music Charter. He, and uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to play Summertime. So don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence 
discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face with today's thought leaders. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here today on this Tuesday, July 28th. You probably noticed it's Tuesday. Where's John Zipper? Well, he's not feeling well today, so he'll be back next week. Don't worry. Jax, though, is in studio with us. Jax? Not John. Sorry to disappoint. (laughs) Right. Um, Thank you so much for allowing me to just have my organic process. We record the show as if it's live. So I really, you know, sometimes um, these stories throw me off. How can it not? It uh, it is so sad. It's it's frightening. It more like it. You know, when you think about that, someone you love, someone you care about. I have a very close friend uh, of mine who's trans and to think about that someone would want to hurt him just because you know and and that he could be taken away from me in like seconds it it breaks my heart so bad the idea of uh not feeling safe right or the concept of that that's why this guy in seattle doesn't get to have his straight pride because he feels safe into every establishment when he walks around he feels safe he doesn't feel like he's gonna maybe like certain areas doesn't feel safe at night but that's like a common thing mm-hmm. he doesn't feel unsafe walking around and just being himself and presenting himself and while i appreciate people like laverne cox and janet mock and caitlin jenner for doing what they're doing because they really are a part of you know this thing that's happening that at least is giving exposure to trans lives give it gives a face to trans uh, people um i'm still like so angry though that you know hi it's like you know, something as popular as a, a series or a sitcom or a show like Orange is the New Black or, you know, people get so obsessed with that. But, are you know, I, I, I need people to know that it's not that glamorous. It's not so glitz, the glitz and gl- the glamour is it, it's that's not what our community looks like after all. L- like in the lesbian community, for example, no, we don't look like Bet in the L word. <laughs> we don't have... Big breasts, small waist, and dress in fem—you know—really feminine clothes. Some of us do, uh, but the reality is that our community needs to be protected. We need to be able to just be ourselves, uh, and we need to come together and do something. 
I really, really strongly urge every single person who's tuning in and listening today that if you could think of one thing that you could do for our community, you know, what would it be? And please do it. And this could be saying a prayer. Uh, This could be, you know, yeah, donating to the cause. This could be serving time. I think it's so important. I think that if you're alive today and you're a part of the community that we're going through this, it is your duty to do something. It's the question of how to be an ally or what is allyship, if that's Mm -hmm. a word. Mm -hmm. Um, A guest we had in studio was talking about yesterday, but it's just not being silent. Right. That's what it comes down to. Right. Silent or complacent or, yeah, sure, some of us make a hell of a ton, shit ton of, you know, money and uh, live in the Bay Area and can live our lives and, and pass and do these things. But obviously the fight is not over. And if anything, as what, you know, Karen taught us, uh, the more exposure to our lives in the media, the uh, it's, it's, it's a direct correlation with the violence that our community faces. So we've got to keep fighting and, um, you know, get off my soapbox, but I just feel so strongly about that. The last thing I want to do before we play Raquel's uh, hit single, Summertime, is read off the names of the trans women that we've lost this year. And by saying their names, I'm hoping that we're, you know, we're giving uh, identification and, and, and letting the world know that we see that these women have passed um, and have, you know, have passed away because of hate and we just need to stop it. So Casey Haggard, who is 66, we just uh, discussed her uh, earlier in the show, was fatally stabbed in Fresno, California on July 23rd, 2015. India Clark was only 25 years old and was beaten to death in Tampa, Florida, July 21st, 2015. Mercedes Williamson was only 17 years old, murdered in Rocky Creek, Alabama on May 30th, 2015. London Chanel was only 21 years old and was stabbed to death in North Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, May 18th, 2015. Christina Gomez Reinwald was 46 years old, stabbed to death in Miami, Florida, February 16th, 2015. Penny Proud was 21 years old, shot to death in New Orleans, Louisiana, February 10th, 2015. Taja Gabrielle de Jesus was 36 years old, stabbed to death in San Francisco, California, February 1st, 2015. Yasmin Vash Payne was 33 years old, stabbed to death in Los Angeles, California, January 31st, 2015. Ty Underwood was 24 years old, fatally shot in Tyler, Texas, January 26, 2015. Lamia Beard, 30 years old, shot to death in Norfolk, Virginia, January 17th, 2015. And Poppy Edwards was 20 years old, fa- fatally shot in Louisville, Kentucky, January 9th, 2015. Bree Golick, 22 years old, stabbed to death in Akron, Ohio, February 3rd, 2015. And uh, for a minute there, I almost thought that this list was going to go on and on. So those were the names. And as you can see, all across this country, in big cities, small cities, we need to do something. So thank you for tuning in to this program. I think young, old... LGBTQI, ally, straight, whatever, uh, something needs to be done. We just need to be safer here in this country. Someone in the show there, 
and we're going to play Raquel's summertime song that has already charted. As we said earlier, you know, music brings us together. And so I hope this message uh, coupled with uh, Raquel's hit song will get you motivated to do something. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time at the same time here on the Progressive Voices Network. Thanks so much for joining us.
Thanks for listening. You can catch the Michelle Miao Show Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on the Progressive Voices Network. 